Everything at once here today. Uh, we got Dave as always co hosting with me, yes. and uh, we brought Brian Glosky in here. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, welcome to the it's show. An We're honor glad to have and you. a pleasure to have uh, to be on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So, what do you think of our intro music? We haven't really talked to anybody about it yet. I think it's pretty cool personally. I might be a little bit biased. Coming from an outsider, <laughs> what do you think? I think it's produced very well. I think it's nice and short and to the point, and I, I like it. Cool, good. Our, our buddy Eddie made it for us, Eddie Kanonj. He does uh, other beats and wants to get into more oh, wow. recording and producing stuff like that. Um, so hit him up, anybody who's listening, if you want to... If you need a beat for your rap or you want to record a rap or do any sort of music, he's really into that these days, and uh, he does a great job. Yeah, he does a fantastic job. I always dance to that song when it comes on. It's <laughs> right. very, very, very catchy. It's got that little head bop that you yeah. need, right? I told him that bass line's real, real crunchy, Real funky. You know? <laughs> real funky. Yeah, he, he's awesome. Thank you, thank you, Eddie, if you're listening today uh, for yeah, I'm not, making that for I'm us. not sure what... You know, I'm not very knowledgeable on that recording stuff. Like, how does it even work? I've been trying. Yeah, he's an expert on that stuff. He We use, like, the same software as he does. So our actual recording uh, Studio One, like, software oh, nice. is the same thing he uses to make, like, all of these boot beats and all these things that he's doing. So I have no idea how to do that yet either. I. Uh, it's a process. It's <laughs> like this lifelong process to even – you'll never get – good at it you'll mm -hmm. be good enough at it and then even when you get to a point over 30 some plus years it's like i got this down is there something else that a lesson or not a lesson but a something that you heard or some other engineer right. did like having a pa in the live room when tracking drums uh, sylvia massey a uh, longtime female engineer who used to do like tool and stuff yeah so that's like kind of your specialty right would you say you're like a sound engineer no, no, I have no specialty. I'm just some guy trying to do stuff that I enjoy. Right. Um, I, I've seen pictures of your like setup and it looks pretty hardcore, a lot more <laughs> intense than what I got going on down here. I'm a, I'm a pretty crazy guy. I, I like to, I'm really passionate in the things that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely a fan of music. Always love music because music is an expression of your emotions. Absolutely. When you listen to music, it's like. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. I want to listen to this song. And when you listen to this other song, like, oh, that brought me back to the one thing that I did back then. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, uh, there are certain songs that really just, like, hit that old nerve in our brain that brings us straight back to the first time we heard yeah. it or some, like, really positive experience mm -hmm. or even a negative experience when we hear the the certain you know, certain songs. Yeah, exactly. Ends. Yeah, I've been on the, uh, as they say, on the bus for quite a while. I'm a... I'm a little bit of a deadhead, I'd say. So <laughs> yeah. Every summer, I mean, obviously, you know, Jerry's been dead for a long time, but every summer now that, you know, the current iteration of Dead and Company, I'm just following him 
as far as I can. Music is totally subjective, so you got a deadhead here. What type of music you oh, like? Oh, I listen Tony? to everything. I'm going to see Nas and Wu-Tang next weekend, which I'm super, super excited nice. about. And um, But I like the, I've been on with Dave to a couple dead concerts. Excuse me, a couple oh. dead concerts, and I've gone. I go to a lot of metal shows too. I've been all over the place, all across the board. As long so you as have it's a, good a wide music. palette, as they say. Exactly, all across the board. Same with me. I, I like all types of music. Um, maybe not like a Yoko Ono style uh, avant garde. I'm not really maybe into that. But. Well, <laughs> Dave's actually working on an avant garde project of his own. I where. Am. Do you want to do you want to <laughs> unveil this to the people right now about the future episode that you're working on? It's a yeah. I guess we can get into it a little bit without uh, giving, giving away too much. Giving away, oh, do, do giving tell. away everything. But uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of like avant garde comedy uh, or performance. Andy Kaufman, Norm Macdonald, couple of my favorites. Big and, fan uh, of comedy right here. Yeah. I always try to make people laugh. I try to be goofy. Right. Try to get people to smile, and it, it feels good. Yeah. Make people laugh. Let's, it is. Let's just say we're gonna have a combination of some uh, some uh, bird whistles and Shakespeare coming up, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it it's gonna be something that I enjoy. We'll see about anybody else, but I'm gonna get a, a, a few chuckles out of it. Right. And, uh, it's going to be very, very out there, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, look forward to that. We got Dave making bird whistles, and it's going to be incredible for at least the first five minutes probably <laughs> listening to it, and then uh, maybe you'll enjoy it after that. Maybe you won't. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it plays out, you know? Like specific birds, like a crow or a sparrow? Uh, well, I've got an, I've got a nice ensemble cast <laughs> lined up for this. I don't, Bringing I don't, out all the birds. I don't want to blow their uh, their cover quite yet on that. So yeah, it's still a work in progress. Can't especially with the avant garde stuff. You really can't reveal too many details because half of it is in that first experience. I think we might be able to uh, sneak in a little Yoko Ono scream there and might not be able to tell the difference between the birds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, might, I might enjoy it. I've, I've listened to her scream a couple times at some museum because she claims it's art, which it is. Music is art. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the art can come in a lot of different forms of experience too. You know, it, uh, as human beings, we have so many different senses and so much uh, different things going on in our palate that we can enjoy that art can really be such a spectrum of things. Um, well, it's a form of creation, like uh, something that you want to create or to uh, express to other people. Right, and, and not do it in, 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 a, uh, in a normal way. You know what I mean? Right. You kind of go outside of the boundaries of uh, normal expression to to show something. I love the the symbolism in art. You know, mm -hmm. you can see something that's entirely not exactly the message or whatever, um, and it means something very different and very profound. Right. Like the symbolism and stuff that goes that that deeper level. And by doing it differently, it definitely catches people's attention because a lot of people are doing the same kind of things. You just get a I'm not an art guy mm -hmm. as far as paintings or whatever, but if you just have a canvas and you do your Bob Ross stuff and do, 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 do this and that, mm. but if you do something different, it gets right. people's attention. Absolutely. And I love, have you ever been in a concert where they do like live paintings? A concert with paintings? Like live paintings. Like they'll, they'll be the, the people performing and stuff like that. And then like on the side of the stage or whatever, you'll have like an artist painting on the side, whatever she's or he's <laughs> feeling from. Hold, cool. hold on a second. Hold on. So, like, for example, if there was, like, a Metallica type of music going on, mm -hmm. right. and instead of a mosh pit, 
we have like Bob Ross type people sitting there kind of painting. painting. I don't think that's quite the idea. Oh, okay. but uh, that would be That'd super be cool. That would be a new that, thing. Right? New yeah. thing, yeah. But usually it's just like one artist and uh, maybe they'll put them on the side of the stage a little bit away from them. They're not really in the crowd or anything like that. And they will paint whatever they are inspired to paint based on uh, the music that's being played. Hmm. So one of my paintings upstairs is actually a big painting of Notorious B.I.G. that got live painted at a... I can't remember who it was. Aqueous or Kung Fu or one of the jam bands that comes around here at the Rook Club. Yeah, the King's Rook. I remember I was there that, one, that night with you. Yeah, and oh my God, my cat is freaking out right now. <laughs> and the cat was purring up against my leg too. Aw, kitty. Hello, kitty. Aw. What? <laughs> Sorry about that, that. That, that. It was not as intense as that just sounded. <laughs> the cat that was just is okay. opening the door <laughs> so she could escape out of here. She's like latching onto my ankles and stuff while we're trying to record right now. She's not. I love those uh, cat videos when cats are trying to jump up on stuff or they uh, there's like a little toy lizard behind them. They turn around. They freak out. Oh, my it's gosh. Awesome. Gideon is one of the craziest cats ever. She's definitely the alpha animal of this household. Gideon is a name? Gideon's her name, yeah, which is her usually name? a boy's name, but she's a girl. And she is that from Scott Pilgrim? Um, actually, is the that... inspiration for her name came from watching, I can't remember what it's called, Criminal Minds, actually. Ah. The one character's name is Gideon, and he explains that Gideon means warrior in Hebrew. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I got a cat, and I'm like, I'm going to name him at the time, mm. Gideon, and then she surprised all of us and was a girl, <laughs> and uh, the name had already stuck, so... It's a it's a fitting name. She's badass. Yeah, she she's an alpha hunter around here. We never have to worry about flies or spiders or any other small creature getting around because she's just on top of her her game. So you even had to change the pronouns of your cat. Yeah, it was a he, now it's a she. Right. Well, that that kind of stuff happens these days. It, um, cats are kind of hard to tell too when they're just like kittens. We got her when she was really really small. That's like, true like six weeks or something like that. I, we really don't even know how old she was because she was living on 23rd and Ash. She's a hood cat. And uh, she, my friend picked her up out of like the gutter and was like, what do I do with this cat? And I'm like, I'll take her. And uh, here she is now. So she's always been, uh, you know, a survivor and a warrior. And uh, Regs to riches story. Absolutely. Yeah. She's come a long way. So you're more of a cat person there, Tony C? Oh, no. I mean, I like cats. Don't get me wrong. Oh, my God. I'm afraid she's, like, rubbing against my leg again. I don't want her to tear, tear me up. Um, <laughs> uh, but no. Well, we call it Gideon. It's a warrior. So right. warriors like to attack. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a cat person or a dog person. I really like both. Um, I love the two cats that we have. I also have a dog named Austin, and he's amazing. Um, so for me, it's really hard to decide whether I like cats better or dogs better. Don't forget about the fish. Oh, yeah. I have four <laughs> fish, too. I have, there's a whole menagerie of beasts here in this house. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I call it in the morning when I wake up and I have to feed all of them. I, I, I call it feeding the beasts. It's part of my morning ritual, feeding the beasts, the animals, and then uh, getting myself some coffee. Do you have any pets? No pets. I have no time for pets. Also... My personality is very, uh, like, I'm a control freak. Mm -hmm. I got to be in control of all of my fucking surroundings and my universe. So with pets, 
I can't control them not shedding. I can't control them jumping on stuff, mm-hmm. destroying stuff. Plus, I'm not home a lot. Uh, full-time job is to will die. Mm-hmm. Also, live on a farm. And plus, people Ooh. come over for recording and stuff. Yeah. Um, I am just not into taking care of other things. I'm trying to take care of myself. I yeah, feel that. It's another thing. Got dishes yeah. and laundry and mm-hmm. showering. Yeah, the cats are kind of easy. I waited quite a while before I actually ended up getting a dog. I wasn't even, I didn't even really think I was going to get the dog. Um, the way I got Austin was he was in a, a litter of puppies that they got at the Anna shelter. And whenever they get litters of puppies, a ton of people want to get them. So they do like little raffles or they put like everybody's name into a drawing and whoever's name gets drawn gets to adopt a puppy. And, uh, I had lost like two or three times that I tried to get a puppy before. So I saw these ones and I was like, Hey, what the heck? I'll probably just lose it anyway. I'm not going to get this dog. That's <laughs> fine. And then they end up, uh, calling me back and saying, Hey, we, we picked your name for the drawing. Come down such and such a day, pick out your dog. And I was like, Oh, uh, great. This is awesome. <laughs> so not exactly what I was expecting, but very happy it happened. Um, but I totally get not having time for animals. They definitely take quite a bit of work and effort, um, especially dogs. Cats are a little bit less maintenance. More, but, yeah, more independent for sure. Right, but they don't need much. I even went as far. I mean, you can, this might be a, a deep psychological analysis of my personality mm-hmm. where I never even want to have kids. Yeah. Because it's kind of the same thing of like when you have a kid – changes your whole life and you focus all your attention on the kid which is what you're supposed to do right of course and even when i was younger and just coming out of high school i was actually married at one point i was married to a girl that i went to high school with and she wanted to have kids because she had six brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and each one of them had four or five kids one of those huge and she wanted to have kids but i just started a new job helping my parents out on the farm and it's like if i have a kid i have no time to do these other things right less i just started getting into guitar and i won't have time so it's, it's kind of like this selfish mindset of eh, right. probably don't want to have kids and here's another thing tony c there's fucking a lot of people in this world seven getting close to eight billion people mm-hmm. so it's one thing to contribute to society of having children right because you're continuing your legacy and continuing on life but I'm trying to help out of, eh, maybe we don't need another Brian running around or something. Yeah. <laughs> I totally a- get that, too. I, I'm a very selfish person as well. And awesome. I love doing right. the things that I want to do yeah. when I want to do them. And that's one of the awesome things about the relationship I'm but in right hold now. on. Sometimes you got you can't because you got to feed your pets. Oh, imagine if you didn't have pets, you could just wake then up. Then I could do have your coffee and then continue to your day. Right. Yeah? The, the pets are a lot easier than taking a kid, though. Like waking up and feeding the pets takes maybe fifteen minutes, whereas making sure that a child gets to soccer <laughs> practice or school <laughs> that's, that's or violin. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to take the pets everywhere with you. Right. You know, at least yeah. at like the young age. You know, you don't get them dressed, get them out the door, and. Right, I can take these guys and just drop them off at uh, Peninsula Pups or have my uh, their grandparents, my mom and dad, come out and hang out with them for a little bit if I'm going to be out of town. It's pretty easy, pretty easy setup. Let them run around the house for a little bit unsupervised. Yeah, they the... do that too. Um, they haven't really destroyed much yet, so, you know, fingers crossed. That... <laughs> but just to be clear, I'm not against pets. Right? Yeah. My mom has a dog. My nieces have dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm personally a cat person. I'm, I'm more of a fan of cats. Right. Dogs are cool. 
cats can be kind of like assholes and stuff, which is also cool. Yeah, right? They got a, their own personality. <laughs> That's the way it is with any animal. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I've so, always wanted an iguana. An iguana? An iguana. Dude, I hear that they're a huge problem in Florida right now. You could probably just go down there and get like a really cool one and just, you know, grab him and bring him home with you. Put him back on the flight. Just yeah. Carry on. Yeah, the, yeah, I guess they're like really. Uh, their population has just like completely sprung up and now there's tons of iguanas running all around Florida wreaking havoc and like jumping out of trees on people and just that sounds like causing the kind of, trouble kind of pet that I'd like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right yeah you need, need something that's gonna keep you on your toes absolutely something to keep me honest you know right yeah Make sure that you're not causing too much trouble and maybe bring a little bit of the chaos back into your life. Things are pretty easy these days now that we've graduated college and are adults and stuff. Exactly. So that iguana might be just what you need. <laughs> therapy iguana. But like, I wouldn't call it a therapy iguana. I call it like a wild raging iguana that lives in your house now. That's going to be its uh, full name. Wild raging iguana that lives in my house. That's, that's <laughs> I'm going to call him every time. What do they but... call? What do they call those pets that? Uh... People have uh, therapy like, pets. There's like another name for it. Emotional like a, support. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Emotional support iguana. Yeah. Right. I think so. I think that's a thing that you might could, happen. You could get him a little harness and stuff. Yeah. Take him on walks. And just let him roam. He could swim in your pool too, dude. They love water and swimming, so he he might be down to you know run laps with you in the pool. I think that that'd be cool. I think I'd let him off the leash so it would be cool to watch uh watch my little guy jump out of trees at people <laughs> right? you know at the park yeah. or something. Exactly. You got to take full advantage of the opportunities that are presented with you in life. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what have you been up to as far as recording lately, Brian? Currently, I am in the process of working with Matthew Craze. Absolutely. Are you he's actually, Matthew Craze? Yeah, he's actually, we have him coming on the show next week. Oh, awesome. Right before his uh, release for his new album. His uh, single release party. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So you've been helping him um, to record that release or that single? Yes. How's the sound? It's sounding better. Yeah? I'm literally, it's uh, me and another guy, Ben Waite, uh -huh. who uh, I also work with sometimes with supplying him with some material for him to mix. But uh, we're basically trying to nail down a good sounding mix that we're all happy with, mm -hmm. that he can uh, send to the streams and get it in time for September 10th yeah. over at the King's Rook Club. Uh, I just did a quick pass this morning. It's feeling a little better. It's a process. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, we, him and I kind of accidentally set like a date for yeah. him to do this release thing before we even were done tracking. Oh. So um, he asked about it. I kind of agreed and in hindsight probably should let's just make sure we get the song done. Yeah. And in the mixing process before we even set any dates. Anyway, it's almost done. It's sounding pretty good. And uh, to be honest, mixing is one of my very weak points. Yeah. I've only been doing this recording thing for about, seriously, for about three years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but the Matthew Craze song, The Wonder Years, mm -hmm. will be should be done where we're happy with how it's mixed by the end of the day today. What? Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I hope he brings it with us or will let us play it. He probably can't, though, because I think we're doing our uh, recording a few days before the re the uh, release party, but I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Um, when do you 
when when we record this episode now when do you release it is it i don't know i don't know um so we already have one in the books that we need to release right now at this point obviously whenever people listen to this it'll be all be probably subject to change but i'm thinking (laughs) we we recorded on thursday i think i'm either going to publish today which is saturday or i might wait till monday um i'm trying to really figure out how to work this facebook algorithm so that way we can maximize the number of people that see and realize that there's a new episode out and reach the biggest audience and um, cause I feel like that's really hard, especially today on Facebook. Like oh, yeah. only so many people are going to see any posts that I put up and not because they aren't friends with me or aren't following or whatever, but just because of the way the algorithm works. So right. it's really like a competitive, like a thing where I'm almost working against that algorithm. I feel like it's my enemy right now. You need more to like post me. photos of puppies right. and be like, I love, who else loves puppies? Right. And then somewhere down the bottom, Go check out my podcast yeah. in like different letters or something. Right. That's a good strategy. Yeah. Maybe we should check that out and okay. invest a little bit more time into that. A little family photo. Yeah. For the next uh, Family photo. Yeah. Pictures yeah. of Gideon. Right. Right. Austin. Well, my TikTok is more like that. So I have videos of Austin and Gideon fighting and having a good time and Gideon and our other cat Gomez fighting and those get like thousands of views and hundreds of likes and all this stuff like that. But, uh... It's hard to transition, you know what I mean? TikTok's oh, yeah. really tricky, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's a really powerful tool if we could start using it more. Once we start getting the video camera, I got, like, the little camera set up over there. It's oh, not really yeah. set up, but I need, a, I need, like, a longer cord. And then once we start having videos, we can start doing TikToks and getting on YouTube and all that stuff. Um, like you said, man, you're growing. We're growing. You. We're growing. And... Uh, it's all been a huge process. I don't. I couldn't even imagine. I don't even think I really could mix stuff with my current gear, other than like live and in person, because it only comes out as one track onto my, um, like a mono track. Mm-hmm. So I'll instead of having three tracks for each, one for each microphone, it all come out as one. Mm. So that'll probably be the first thing that I upgrade is getting a new interface. Although this one works awesome for what I'm well, doing right for now. Talking, I guess yeah. you don't really. There is something, though, uh, one podcast I heard where when there was two co-hosts like you guys mm-hmm. and then a guest where one co-host would be slightly panned to the right, the other one slightly to the left, and then the host dead center. Mm-hmm. So you can actually hear who's oh, talking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is neat. Shout out to Brenna Bone. She, had, uh, she lives out in Nashville, mm-hmm. and she had a little podcast typical freaking people like i'm gonna do a podcast because it's popular and people do podcasts for a couple couple months Mm -hmm. they're all about it every couple times a week and they put it out and then after three months nothing yeah typical anyway uh we're gonna try to avoid that we are (laughs) we already have gotta be consistent we got people burnout lined up for december already so we have to at least go till then and october and it's Hopefully we just continue getting guests and stay busy until then and are not falling out. Because I feel like right now we're at like, oh my gosh, a really groundbreaking <laughs> uh, pace. Doing one a week feels like quite a uh, a job. Not Maybe not quite a job, but I feel like that's a really good amount. It will become a job because yeah. there will be a point where after a couple months or even if you go to a year, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I got to do this thing. Right. However, keep it consistent. Have 
good, interesting guests on, whether right. I'm interesting or not, whatever. Hey, we'll find out. <laughs> Definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. The well, pod isn't over yet. Who knows what kind of stuff I'm right. making. Well, gonna I'm having about. a good time anyway, so well, that's, good. that's what's the important part, at least Hell right yes. now, yeah. is that we're having fun and we're uh, out here, you know, making, being creative and getting to express some of that creativity through, uh, through talking to each other. We'll but, we'll go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I was going to say, we'll see how... Uh, See how long we can get before we can we get to our like McCartney Lennon split up here. <laughs> yeah, know? right. Breaking up the band. Well, I've, I've already been through one, you know, with yeah, Tyler and Six More Fly. Yeah. So maybe someday Dave will break out on his own and I'll become too busy and famous. By the <laughs> way, I just want to say that was my favorite local eerie podcast i want to shout out to tyler smilo dude he's amazing love you man i love the pods he because when he started out a few years ago mm-hmm. again it was, it was sort of like a joe rogan style format right just bring people and just have a conversation chit chat whatever and tyler was about recovery and he was about music mm-hmm. so he would bring people in on some of those subjects right very interesting shit now since i've been uh seriously involved in the eerie music scene for about seven years and honestly, I wanted to start a podcast like that seven years ago. <laughs> right. But I knew that I would not be able to commit to that frame of you got to be consistent mm-hmm. every week, post something every week, and do it for years and years. And whether it catches on or not, who cares? I wanted to have people that I enjoy, people that I know, people I want to get to right. know, and interview them. Not interview, but have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, you're in this band. I watch you play here and there and whatever. How did you start out? And blah, blah, blah. And go in the weeds about hunting or bears yeah, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler was kind of doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And he would bring in some local musicians like Steve Trosky, right. Corbin Fowler, who's now named Raven. Um, very interesting content. Right. And I freaking loved it. And then when you came on, it was also interesting because, again, talking about more of the recovery aspect, uh, some some or most of Tyler's songs are about recovery. He had a video that he did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Really good. So uh, a big shout out to him. And because of him, look yeah. at you. Here we go. He Here was definitely the inspiration. And uh, I'm so happy for him and how far he's come as far as his like music career and the podcast and all that stuff. Um, it's just been a tremendous ride. And I think that like the big lesson that I take away from, uh, seeing Tyler and his music is that consistency, you know, just like you said, that's right. He just goes out, he keeps playing, he keeps gigging, he keeps doing his thing. And, uh, and also striving to be better. Right. Exactly. Always trying to be better. Right. And yeah. And just continuing to improve and, uh, people see that. And when you have a continually improving product, whether it's music or a podcast or whatever, um, and as it keeps getting better, if more people want it, it just, right. He had, he had a post about how he was checking out a new studio in Ohio Yeah, mm-hmm. and he used to record a lot over in Buffalo. Yeah. GCR. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have to go to GCR all the time, trying something different. Let's go over to this area and see what they can offer and what kind of sound they can give them. Right. Always try, and again, to be different. You don't want to record the same kind of way with the same mic and the same guitar. It's going to be boring. Let's right. switch it up a little bit. It's going to be a little different. And right. again, I can see that he's trying to do that. And But not too different. That kind of makes me upset when I have a band that I really, really love and they dramatically 
change their sound. One that like immediately mm. pops to my mind is uh, Bring Me the Horizon, which okay. is a metal band. And now they're pretty, and they were like all dirty vocals, all screaming vocals. And now they're pretty progressive and have a lot of singing, which is also hmm. really good. I still enjoy that, but it's like, dang, I kind of miss that old <laughs> bring me the horizon sound. And uh, Tyler has his own unique sound, you know, yes. very much his own uh, folk punk sound. And I love that. And if he went out and started making like an electronics like <laughs> or something crazy, you know, he started throwing in some metal riffs or using distortion on his guitar or stuff like that. I'd be like, what? I think like, uh, I mean, I can't think of a band really, though, that's been been together for a consistent like long amount of time that doesn't get to a point where they switch up what they're doing even a tiny little well bit. like they got to change a little they got to change a little bit like i think about like um you know love led zeppelin you know listen to to uh, robert plant with allison krauss like right. to two totally different avenues i feel i feel like with creative people um gets to a point where maybe they get bored mm -hmm. with what they're doing and just want to switch it up for their for their own sanity. So you know? we could be splitting cat hairs here, but for example, if if it's say the same original members of a band, mm -hmm. and then like Tony C was saying, all of a sudden their sound changes. However, what if they lose a singer? Right. Like let's say talk about like Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Ozzy leaves and brings in Ronnie James Dio. Holy shit. Ozzy's awesome. Right. Black Sabbath with the Ozzy era was pretty good. And now Dio comes in. Holy shit. Heaven and hell. Right. Uh, maybe slightly a, a different way of how it sounds. But still, still pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Here's I, another uh, example. Van Halen. Definitely. You got the Roth era. You got the Hagar era. You got the Van Halen 3 era. Um, again, very drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are in the Roth. Some people are just in the Hagar. Other people like both. And there's some people that I like uh, the the one guy with from Extreme did Van, <laughs> Van Halen three. Right. I think about you know um, I'm a big uh, Bob Dylan fan. When he went you know went the Christian route. That's you a know? good example because he was doing like the typical Dylan stuff, and then when he went quote electric, mm -hmm. everyone freaked out. Oh my God, that's not yeah. what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Well, that's a good example there. People booing him on stage because he pulled out an electric guitar. <laughs> where's the Where's the fucking folk music, Bob? Right. You know. <laughs> I, I think it comes back to like people really being resistant or afraid of change. And Correct. The I, I think the subtler the change, or the more gradual the change, the more understandable the change the easier it is to accept yes one of the bands that i think of as far that does this well i think is red hot chili peppers mm. Mm. they've been making music since the 90s and they just made a new album and it's different and it's unique and it's not like the other albums but it's close enough that way it's still got that classic red right. hot chili peppers feel and when flea is out there playing naked and then the next show he has clothes on what's yeah. up with that that's different <laughs> do you think do you guys think that uh <laughs> Do you guys think that, that, that like a band owes it to the fans to keep playing the same way? No. Bands do what they want to do. Now, if you want to be like a moneymaker, like, hey, we want to make money. Mm -hmm. Let's do this type of format, and that's like your focus and your energy. But chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, right. chorus. Kind of like a pop star or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is just my opinion. Okay. Um, now, people initially get together to jam in bands because they have certain styles that they're into. 
So mm -hmm. let's say people are into metal. So this guy who plays guitar likes metal. This guy who's into bass likes metal. So they all get together out of a common interest of getting into this style, this genre, and they enjoy it. And right. then let's write a song. And it's all, it's just, just inner collective bonding, this relationship that everyone's enjoying. And let's play in front of people so they can see. Um, so for, what was your question again, Dave? I fucking forgot. To, to the band. Oh, to the fans. To just oh, it to playing. the fans. Yeah. To keep playing the same mm, stuff. No. It's, it's whatever. If they decide, like, yeah, let's do something different or, you know, because we always evolve. We're always changing. Maybe we do want to go a different style, like a Bob Dylan. Like, I want to try this electric thing or something. I, I'm not sure on why or how he decided to try that route. Um, but some people are either going to like it or they're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that whenever you're going into this creative artistic endeavor, it's like we talked about earlier, it's a selfish pursuit. It's not about okay, yes. the other people. Well, Theme it depends on what pot. you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. you said. Um, but if this is something for me to express myself, it's really about what I want to do way more right. than trying to impress fans or sell a million records right. or do whatever it is that I'm, that they want from me. You know, I don't think so. Again, I don't think the, the band owes it. If they decide they like, well, let's play the hits because that's what the fans like. And we do mm -hmm. want to sell some tickets and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Understandable. But I don't think the band, quote, owes anything because it's they got in this for themselves or they got in because they enjoy it. Right. And all of a sudden they have a following. Um, I don't think they're obligated to, to follow with the masses. Right. And but if they want to, if they do, that's that's fair. That's that's OK for them. That's I, their decision. I agree with you. I've, Thank uh, you. I, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, it's a good thing to hear. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just read so many times or like, you know, see so many times over and over again. It seems as if the band, any any band in particular, just seems to hate playing their most popular song. You know, kind right. of that type of thing. Because they're rehearsing it, and then they're playing it, and they got to rehearse it again, and it's on the radio, and blah, 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 blah. For example, the, the Matthew Cray song that we're mixing. Mm -hmm. I've listened to it to probably 102 times. <laughs> um, it's getting to the point where I, I'm going to bed, and I can hum, and I know the lyrics. I, I remember that, actually, when Tyler was here, and they were doing a lot of practices in our backyard and up in the treehouse and stuff like that, that I would go to sleep, like... <laughs> oh Virginia <laughs> and all these other songs like singing them in my head or hearing them in my head or at work and stuff so I know what you're talking about I'm sorry for interrupting though no I think I was done okay cool. yeah but yeah hearing those songs over and over and that's always kind of been my thing too is like there's a there's a familiarity principle in psychology that the more you hear something the more that you like it yes. and a lot of pop songs I feel like are not that good but since they get played a million times people like them because they're familiar with them. They and they're are, probably also made from the same format. Right. It same all, maybe key tempo. And it, maybe it reminds them of other songs they've heard that are uh, popular. And that's also part of me. Like, I really just don't want to follow the crowd, I guess. I'm trying to, like, avoid. Mm, okay. As far as, like, my music tastes, I'm, I'm really kind of a snob as far as, like, pop music goes. Gotcha. Or, like, things that you'd hear on the radio or on Happy or whatever. I'd much rather sift through the the stuff that I hear on Pandora or on uh, at concerts and then go look up a band that maybe not 
would not be getting so much attention or so much play um, because I, I don't know, I always feel like I find a much higher quality or like uh, I get more of an emotional response from the music that I hear that people are, that haven't quite made it yet. Mm. Yes. That's, that's when they're really putting all their heart and their soul and their everything and they're trying to get there and they're really dumping every ounce of creativity and energy into this project instead of these people that are kind of uh, maybe resting on their laurels, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, I think about... Uh, I've had this argument with people, and um, I'm usually on the losing side of it, but in my honest opinion, that's how I feel um, when I listen to, like, new Eminem compared to, like, his original stuff. Like, how at first it was just, like, uh, you know, raw, trying angry, to make it raw, right. angry. And then I've, I was telling someone the other day, they said, oh, listen to this, you know, or it was a while ago. It was a while ago. Listen to this new Eminem. And I'm like, yeah, he's obviously a genius. The flow's incredible. I was like, it's missing something. What the hell are you talking about? It just doesn't hit with me like it did when he first came I think, out. I think I know what you're trying to say. Cause maybe does it, is it sounding like he's trying to be like he was in the beginning? Mm-hmm. And it kind of does have that sound, but mm-hmm. eh, there's nothing different about it. Or it doesn't have that same. Right. Emotion, I don't know how to explain that it. same feeling, that same passion. Well, I, and I think you're right. People connect with uh, unless it's you know um, you gave me a little PTSD when you're talking about pop songs because I thought of that dumb fucking Mariah Carey Christmas song. Oh thing. yeah, I've been seeing <laughs> memes about it. It's coming. It's um, coming. But Here beyond, we go. beyond beyond like the mass production and just you know being needled into people's brains, I think I agree with you. You connect with the music because you can relate to it, and uh, the the more I guess popular, the more. Uh, famous a person becomes there's more of a disconnect between them and the normal normal person you know i wonder if that it's, too yeah it's, it's harder to maybe like come up with with music lyrics what have you that could resonate with someone that's right mm-hmm. you know just part of the regular common population that's huge too i did a project a while ago in school about how uh people with emotional and mental health disturbances like depression, anxiety, whatever, tend to be more creative because the same parts of the brain that are active during uh, when people are depressed or sad or whatever are the same parts of the brain that are active when they're being creative. Hmm. And I think that may have something to do with it as well. Um, Because there's always like this trope of the the starving, struggling artist. Mm -hmm. Right. And once they start to achieve a modicum of success where they're living more comfortably, maybe that part of the brain isn't quite hitting the same way it would right. as if when they were depressed. That's big with comedians because a lot of like the best comedians come from bad, uh, bad, uh, experiences, yeah. trauma, and they're like the fucking funniest. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden they get some fame and they get some com- comfortableness and, not not as funny. Not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are, I, I feel like certain artists are afraid to reach that level of success mm. because they are afraid that it won't affect that level of creativity that they have or was that Kurt ability. Was Kurt Cobain like that? Was that, the, was that one of the things where he was getting miserable because of he was being too, famous? And it, it could yeah. have been. He was one of the people that, you know, seemed like he, he genuinely hated having all that fame, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the attention. And there's also been, like, other... Um, I've just heard talk from, like, 
different artists around here too that like oh i'm i'm afraid i won't be able to do this anymore especially like in the recovery community you know what mm. I mean? um or artists who maybe want to stop drinking or want to get clean but they're like how am i going to be able to express myself creatively without this drug especially like weed that's a huge one you know right a lot of people like to smoke and maybe they like to smoke and write music or make music or whatever and they're like well if i if i stop this how am I ever going to be able to be creative again or make music again without this? Uh, I feel like it's a crutch. Exactly, like something they need. So the the uh, the most in, one of the most interesting classes I ever took in in college at Penn State was um it was actually about the creative process and creative theory and that was something that we delved into and the and the general consensus that that we came up with was the only way to really truly counteract that is to just work to work every day like you might not have those those jolts with the with the drugs but if you consistently put the work in and you so not everything's great not everything's groundbreaking but that's a i feel like that's a good counteract and counteraction to you know the the fear of not needing that crutch just just putting in the hard work right right like again being consistent yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah nobody got to their level of uh creativity or artistry in any field uh, overnight i think and i think a lot of people really expect that too you know mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna start painting and they think that they're gonna make fucking pablo picasso painting or salvador dolly paintings right. like right out of the gate like no like you gotta put some time in you gotta we've become an impatient society yeah, for absolutely. sure well, fast I, food i also think that you know when you get excited and and you get to the point where you want to share that stuff with people you're sharing it with your friends and family they're going to be the most supportive people so right. the, the first wave of people you show it to are all going to be like that's incredible we love it and i think that inflates it to the point where okay this is great why isn't it selling why am i not doing right. better once you hit like a general population you don't know you get the the, the real criticism yeah, that's definitely true. Because I, I feel like there's a level of criticism that is healthy and productive, but also you still need to be supportive, especially when somebody's early on. And something. you also have to be able to take that criticism. Right. right. If someone says, hey, man, the mix you did, or this is off, or that's off, and you're like, oh, yeah, it is. Damn. But, okay, good to know. Let me put that on the, in the back burner and, right, on the radar. and learn with it. And try to, and that's definitely something we've been trying to do too from other people with this podcast. And overwhelmingly, like our friends and family all all seem to love it mm-hmm. and people are enjoying it. Um, but we always try to sit down and have like that afterwards creative process of how could we have done this better? Or what could we change next time? Or how do we continue to improve this and uh, make our sound quality better, our conversations better, the way we speak better, mm-hmm. and that self-reflection. And it's funny because for a while ago, like, I would hear, like, artists listening to their own stuff, and I'd be like, what a fucking narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> listening to their own shit, trying to fucking, like, getting all hyped up on their own shit. And I'm sure some people, some artists or some people do that and like really want to listen to their own stuff and think it's amazing and beautiful and they want to listen to it um but one thing to listen to it and critique it another is just like (laughs) rolling down the street with a bunch of homies in the back playing yeah my my what's the name of that uh greek thing where he always looks in the water for his reflection Oh, I don't know. He ends up drowning because he's always admiring himself or something. It's not, uh, is it nar- it's not narcissist, is it? It might be narcissist. That sounds like a 
a possibility, but I'm not super, I'm not super familiar with that particular Greek tale. I understand the premise and remember a little bit, but I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I'm not able to. So yeah, so you're either listening back, like, am I hitting the right chord? Is it buzzing too much? Or like, yeah, listen to me. Yeah. I'm going to hit every run repeat. Right. I'm to it all night, man. Yeah, look at that. Right. Right. It's it's like you have people over for the release party and they're going to listen to the music and then it's like Christmas time and it's like, hey, we're listening to my music and it's like just a random summer party. Hey, you want some tunes? It's going to be my music, you know? Right. Totally different things for sure. And I guess I never really realized that until recently, until I started having to listen to my own stuff and be like, okay, this is you know, part of but, the creative process. So you do listen to your own podcast episodes then? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And you're listening because you're critiquing yourself. Like how's the sound quality? Is my mic too hot or this or that? Right. Exactly. exactly. But you're not having it on like, yeah, I sound good. Look at like talking. I'm making the, yeah. this is the most entertaining podcast I've ever listened See, to. And I'm the exact, I mean, we, we, we both critique each other, but after we're done, when I talk to him, I'm like, I sound horrible. I said this too much. I sound like a <laughs> fool. I'm an idiot. You know, so I'm on the other side of it. I need to, you know, talk myself up. It's not as bad as I think it is. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, it's never as bad as we make it out in our head. And I think remembering to stay gentle with yourself whenever you're in sort any sort of endeavor that you're putting, you know, your heart and your soul into is to be kind and be loving and be gentle to yourself, but also have that uh, uh, almost motherly or fatherly approach to yourself. Like, yeah, you know, tough love, that tough love, you know, and showing yourself like how you can do better and identifying the things you're doing wrong. And, um, will you spank yourself if you did something wrong? I already have. I already have. I, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's bad news. That's, that's been a long part of my whole life is punishing myself, especially for things that I haven't done yet. That's always been one of my favorites. We're, we're getting a little ahead of the timetable. The kinks episode is a couple (laughs) months down the road. Yeah. We're getting there though. Don't worry. Just to drive off in the weeds a little bit. Uh, did I touch on something like, do you self hurt? No, 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 not at all but i but i do like to do particularly challenging things for myself like i do the cold water plunges every winter and really yeah so uh tons of snow on the ground wow jumping in a creek hanging out in there for like a minute or two and uh then coming out and it's not really a punishment for myself it's something i enjoy but it is something that's like definitely uncomfortable so i guess that's kind of the direction i was going i also do like native american sweat lodges which are ungodly hot mm. that you sit in for quite a while and uh it's a form a lot of people would see it as a form of punishment there's also healing properties and that type of stuff oh yeah absolutely they're great for you i mean after i jump in the water i'm untouchable for the for the rest of the week you could throw <laughs> anything that you could repo my car and like take away my house and all my stuff i could get robbed or whatever and i would just i feel like i would probably be okay with it and have a much higher level of acceptance than if it happened to me um in a time where i wasn't doing those kinds of things mm. but uh yeah i mean it's great for your mental health it's great for your physical health uh also this this mixer is like mobile so it can run off batteries and stuff so i was considering like taking this and like strapping it to my back and putting some mics in a backpack and doing like a live polar plunge yeah that'd be sweet yeah yeah Um, just like one of the because we've been doing those little side episodes that are maybe half hour or like the am i the asshole episode or stuff like that which i enjoyed the first one i really did like that yeah and we want to do more of those i think we're going to do one in a couple 
weeks or so and i think that's going to be a fun way that we can get like uh just our random friends on here on the show you know and get bringing people back and um have some repeat guests and stuff it's, to, a, it's a good way to uh to blow off a little bit of the pressure too, just to have an episode where we're just sitting down and just you know just totally fucking around you know just I like the comedy aspect of things. I'm yeah. a big comedy Especially guy. Especially so. if one of you guys thinks is, is an asshole and the other one doesn't, and there's a little bit of banter between right. both of you. Oh, God, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, a lot of people were <laughs> – a lot of people really liked your comment that uh, Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> yeah. People thought that was <laughs> – <laughs> and here we are on Saturday recording for that's the boys. Thank that's goodness. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a memory I'll keep with me forever. When I, I said, what, what day of the week was that baby born? And, and you and Celinda both just looked at me and were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Saturdays are for the boys, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good time. And uh, we just want to keep growing and keep uh, making fun things, especially sometimes it seems it feels a little stressful and overworked, and that is a fun way to, to blow off steam. And, uh, and if you need to take a break, if you need to – Maybe try and do a couple of podcasts during the week and mm-hmm. get some in the can and just put them out once a week. That way you guys can take a break. Right. Because um, there's that aspect. Uh, as far as my visual critiquing of what I'm hearing so far, both of you guys sound good. Like, Dave, you got like a distinct voice. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can definitely tell the difference between the, the two of you and who's talking. Um, you guys also speak well. It's not like, uh... Yeah, uh, so, we do say like uh, a lot. That's one thing uh, that we've been working on. That that seems like more of a new, modern kind of a way of people talking, right? I mean, yeah. Not like you're a valley girl. Yeah, like uh, like yeah, like oh my god, like totally, like, right? We're definitely talking on the podcast. Like okay, <laughs> yeah, it, it's really an easy word to throw like throw in there. Like yeah, like yeah. totally like yeah, like yeah. But uh, I'm glad to hear that it's not super intrusive and unlistenable. But when you talk, you're, you're talking with some purpose, and there's no pauses of trying to uh uh. uh you guys are your guys are on top of it. Thank you. Thank you. And we and we keep trying to get better. And I think as we do more interviews and have more guests on, we're going to get more comfortable uh, talking to people about different things and making more of a game plan and more of a direction. Especially with some of our business owners, like a lot of times we do. I, me and Dave will talk a little bit about what we the things we want to bring up. We don't really write a script or plan a whole lot, but we're like, hey, you know, we do want to ask them about. A, B, C, and D right. when they come on here. You know, those are some interesting things and some awesome things that they're experts in their field in and can hopefully share with the people that um, we think it would be important for people to know. Exactly. But we don't really, we're not like hardlining questions or like a standard interview format like you see on the news or right. anywhere else where they're just like bang, 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 you know, questions. Those, those could be so sterile. Yeah. Because yeah. the answers that they'll give are so cookie cutter and so predictable. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's another one of the goals, you know, is just to have authentic, real conversations yeah. with people and actually get to know people because so many, especially. We talked a little bit about trying to get like different politicians and stuff on here for our local elections because it's so hard to find any sort of information about them 
um, on the internet or wherever. And I feel like this genuine conversation, this authentic conversation, just the back and forth banter is a much better way to, to get to know people. Oh, it is. And that also says like, yeah. for like from the Joe Rogan podcast, a lot of that stuff is like long form, you know, his shows are two or three hours or an hour and a half or as long as they need to be. Right. And, uh, you really end up after you're finished watching that show with a much better understanding of the guest that was on the show, you know, and that's what we want to bring people and get that feel and give people that platform to be able to express themselves and let people know who they really are. Peel back the layers a little bit. Right. And dig in there. Or you go into the weeds and you talk about all sorts of random stuff. Yeah. Whatever, whatever feels good and wherever things take us. Um, yeah. And we're excited about Matt Craze coming on too and getting more of the local artists yes. coming in here. Um, we also have Spades. They're going to be coming on. I'm not oh, sure. wow. Yes. Shelby, uh, me and Shelby were in school together at Penn State and we were in the same like research methods class, which was awful. Well, it wasn't awful, <laughs> but it's definitely one of the harder classes you can take um, at Barron. And uh, we had a bunch of other classes together. So I've been trying to support them and come to their show since they got started her and uh matt and uh we're really excited to have them on in the future too and you gonna have the whole band in here or just uh select members or uh, just her i'm not sure i know i definitely want to have shelby right now we're not like super equipped to have the whole band i mean there's four of them right so we'd have to share microphones and do stuff so i'm gonna really try to leave it up to them and see what they want to do it well. is tricky another critique with podcasts it is tricky when you have multiple people in the room mm-hmm. and they're all uh trying to get in their their word and sometimes it'd be just a lot of people talking right um at least with the three of us we're all picking our times to, to come in and talk but if you have like a band right and they're all in the back and they're all laughing together or mm-hmm. something it could be a little tricky right Especially, so i think the headsets help too it does mm-hmm. and uh we would not have enough headsets for all enough, of them. Mm. and they would have to share mics and everybody would be kind of yelling over each other so i don't know we'll we'll have to continue to talk to them they're not going to be on for a little bit but i'm super happy for them they've been doing lots of gigs lately too i I run sound at chafee's Mm -hmm. uh me and tavon markoff uh, who does the main sound at chafee's and for the past four years i've been running sound on side stage right and they were they played the side stage this year and i think they also played the year before Mm -hmm. so that's my good friend Curtis, shout out to Curtis. He plays bass in spades. Nice. And uh, they were really cool, and they were also pretty happy to perform at Chafee's. Yeah, that's I a even, huge thing. I even mentioned, hey, if you guys want to record something, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah, I really like them. I think they got a pretty cool sound. I think I went to their first show, which was at, uh, oh, man, what's the place called on West 8th Street? It's like an art gallery that they have shows at. And art Lore. Yeah, art Lore, exactly. Yeah. Steven yeah. Trotsky. Yeah. I think he moved to over where Paca is, by the way. Yeah. I've seen him play a bunch of different times, too. He oh, always yeah. does. He always is in, like, a, a little rotating cast of, like, people jamming out at Paca. I've, seen, I've yes. seen him there, like, a couple different times. Big big name in the eerie music scene has been playing, I'm just going to guess, sometime over 20 years. Uh, more jazzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very accomplished. Great. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Tony Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, another accomplished bass player, like well known. Uh, they do stuff together. So, so Steven is currently working on his own little uh, 
recording project. Uh, he had a CD a couple years ago, and now he's doing another project album. Cool. I can't wait to hear it. And last time I saw him, he was with also with uh, the violin player from Smiling the Ghost, Dave. He was yes. playing guitar, and he shreds. He was great. Dude. He, he tore it up. It was amazing. So, Dave, if you're out there listening at all, um, I got I got to hang out with Dave a little bit. Uh, he was helping out with Aria. Aria Alexander, uh -huh. from Aria and the Voiceless. Yeah, she was on uh, Swing Summer Fly with us. Yes. Yeah. Her, her and uh, Brie. Brie, yeah. The big drummer. fan of Brie. Yeah. Love Brie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got the pleasure to hang out and perform with Dave a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, shreds on the violin. And he's, like, surprised that he comes up here to Erie, mm -hmm. and there's, like, not really any other violin right. type of players. Right, yeah. He's a, he's a recent transplant to Erie. Yeah. Moved here a year or two ago. There's a girl, Abby. I can't remember her last name, but she played violin a lot. Um, and Smilo. And yes. Before, yeah. yes. Yeah. And uh, I know he's been looking for a good violin player for a while after she um, moved on to different things or whatever yeah. happened with them. And uh, I'm really glad that Dave's been coming in and playing a little bit more with them it sounds great i think he he's really good at guitar too which was really i i didn't know that he even played guitar, oh yeah but he was awesome with uh steven trotsky at paca um you were there for that too oh, yeah you? yeah it was incredible yeah they did uh i forget what it was but it was some sort of benefit they were auctioning a ton of art and they did a few little plays and they had a couple artists afterwards i love the events there they're awesome always a good time up there i want to get mark on the show at some point too uh, Mark Tannenbaum, the owner of PACA. Right. I think he would be really cool. I think he has like a really interesting story too, from what I've heard from other people about how he got into this whole situation and how his life has gone so far. But we're going to keep winding up guests and keep bringing people out here and it's just going to be a good time. We're going to have fun. Oh yeah. I'm trying to look up Dave's last name. I can never remember his last name. <laughs> right. And the signal is, is kind of slow down yeah, here. This place is like, a, Oh a yeah. Bunker. You're not going to get signal down here. My house is completely built of concrete. <laughs> like the, the ceiling above us is all concrete. So down here, you're really in a bunker unless I gave you the Wi-Fi. I can give you the Wi-Fi password. I don't want to do it right here. People will steal my Wi-Fi. Is it one, two, three, four, five? I, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, <laughs> with, ex with exclamation point. That's a combination of, of my luggage. Right. <laughs> it's always so funny that people still do that. That password. I know. It's I impressed somebody really um, at work the other day when they're like, Tony, I got a new phone for my thing, and I don't know the password to my voicemail. And I'm like, try this. <laughs> One, two, three, four. And she's like, how did you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Just a wild guess. Wild guess. <laughs> Somehow I'm just a uh, computer tech genius, actually, and can uh, sense the password to, to voicemails on phones through uh, <laughs> the, using the force. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Anything else? Yeah, this has been super fun, man. Well, is that it? No. Oh, we can we go over there four well, yeah, hours we'll if keep, you want. Yeah, you got four hours. I don't Hell know if we yeah. go that long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get some long form conversations what, going. What kind of movies are you interested in? Too? I just referenced the Force. Did you like sci-fi? I'm into uh, sci-fi movies. Yes, I'm a big Star Star Wars guy. I like Star Trek. Uh, horror movies. I like. Have you been movies. watching the new Star Wars movies? Or Star Wars shows? So, because where I live, I don't really have access to much um, internet. 
So Ugh. basically, I have DirecTV for my cable, mm-hmm. and then anything else that I can access is my phone. So I don't have access to Netflix or Hulu or any of that stuff. Oh my gosh, that's a hard life. I couldn't even imagine. Well, I'm 46, so I used to live back in the day where we had four channels. <laughs> so I'm kind of used to having limited... But I got the YouTubes that I can look on the, on the phone. But yeah, I am unfortunately behind on the times of with the Paramount the Plus and stuff like Disney that. Plus, all that. Yeah, yeah. So the Mandalorian, yeah, the Obi Wan, all that shit that's got to be on Do you those feel streaming. Like it, there's too many choices now. Of course, there's too many choices. They're trying to capitalize on like, hey. Have this one for three ninety nine. Here's another one for four ninety nine. And right. before you know it, you're spending two hundred bucks on all these streaming things. Yeah, and everyone left cable and direct TV because it was that cost. And yeah. now they're spending that much anyway. Yeah, I am. You. I'm spending like exactly that, like almost as much on cable yeah. for all the different streaming services that I have. See, I told Tony. I was actually just telling Tony and Celinda before you got here that. Uh, I, I'm, I mainly just read and listen to music. I, I lost my remote a couple months ago. I still don't know where the fuck it's I don't know where it's at. Like, I just don't watch TV at all. So, you know, every great once in a while I'll watch a movie or, like, a, a show or something. But most of the time I'm just, I'm just reading. Uh, I'm a nerd. I'm, <laughs> I'm such a media consumer. Same like, here. TV, movies, yes. books, music, all that stuff. I just consume and consume and fill my brain with all sorts of things. I don't have much time to read because it sounds like I have to sit down and read. It sounds like work. If I can just watch or listen, that seems pretty lazy yeah. to do that. I like a, a good book on tape, too, especially on like there road we go. trips. Yes. I'm about that life as far as traveling goes. Putting a, Let putting someone a else read for you. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Let me do this in uh, my time that I can't do anything else. Yeah. Where I have to pay attention or like occupy my, my visual senses or my visual nerves and uh, just listen. And uh, I've been reading a new book, actually. We, we have a guest coming lined up to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, John Cargan and Abby Weech, who just wrote a book called The Witch's Fleet that uh, I'm really excited about. I just started reading it this morning, and I think it's going to be really good. I am pumped about that. Um, Is it about witches? It's about – it's a historical mystery fiction, mm. and it takes place in the early 1800s, and it's – Seems like it's going to be heavily set on like uh, different ships that actually existed during uh, the leading up to the War of 1812, which was between Britain and America, I believe. Hmm. I think more will be revealed. My, I'm a little lax on my history right now, um, so I'm not. I don't want to say anything that's not true, but I, hopefully this will help me brush up on all the those things. But uh, we want to get more authors. And we want to get everybody on here. You know, all the different. Just a wide vary of people. Everybody in everybody. the area. Everybody. Everybody. Even, everybody. Even just the random citizens. Everybody. No, maybe not them. I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't know if they're quite. Some guy walking down the street, like, "Hey, you, Grab. Yeah. come in here, come in here." And that's been uh, something we had to learn too: is uh, how to like vet people to come on the show a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? Who's going to make a good guest? Who is going to? Have a hard time. Who is you know? <laughs> have a hard time. That'd be that'd be interesting. That'd be entertaining. Yeah. Well, I maybe I don't know. Some yeah. people would probably be 
you know, some people are more uncomfortable. They're not ready for a public speaking type of thing like this. A lot of people see these microphones and put on the headset. Mm, that's and, true. You know, that's an intimidating experience for Cause sure. Because I'm used to this stuff here. Because yeah. I was actually interested. Come down, ooh, what kind of mic? What kind of, yeah. ooh, what is this over here? What kind of cables are you using? <laughs> like, Whoa, you're using Logic? Wow, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, and that's why I thought you'd be a good guest. We didn't really, uh, and plus Tyler, me and Tyler talked about having you on a while ago. So yes, I feel like uh, right when COVID hit, I think Tyler was asking like, Hey, maybe we can get you over here sometime. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Be honored. Hell yeah. Right. And, uh, that's been a whole experience too, you know, trying yes. to figure out what's going on and how to run these different things and helping people feel comfortable. Cause a lot of our guests, like, uh, are people we some of the guests anyway? I won't say a lot, but some of the guests are definitely people that we don't know. Like we'd never met you before this, right? And some people are. It's hard to find that level of comfort comfortability with people to be able to open up and talk and just say what's on your mind or what comes to. And uh, well, it's very similar with recording, right? Because uh, like with my setup, it's not like for example, my studio is not a business. Mm-hmm. I live in a double wide trailer out in the middle of nowhere. And I enjoy recording. And I also enjoy music. Uh, when I even got into recording was because I wanted to play guitar and there was no way to get backing tracks. So I figured if I can just record my own backing tracks and play along mm-hmm. instead of playing along in the CD. So that's how I got into recording years ago. But however, friends that I know and plus it's basically I invite people that I know to my place, to my mm-hmm. house. It's where sure. I live. Yeah. And people, they're, they're not super accomplished they're not super ten thousand hours into their craft they're right. they're learning just as i am they're starting to play and they go in this place and there's this mic and their headphones and this large analog console like what the hell is going on here <laughs> right so to put them in front of a microphone and tell them okay sing and they're real timid or they just want to be away from the mic because they're afraid of blowing it out so i tell them just get up um some of the techniques is like have the place kind of like low lighting. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was thinking of maybe having some like stage lighting. Yeah. So if they're singing, have some lights going. Right. Pretending like back they're, to that. Um, some, the one guy who I also recorded, Northern Bound Soul, he's so used to singing and playing with his acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. So when he's singing his vocals, there's no acoustic guitar and it feels kind of weird. I think Matthew Craze felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you just tell them, look, we are not professionals here. Look where you are. Right. You're in a fucking trailer. <laughs> Everybody wants to make Try high to, quality stuff, though. You right. Know. I want, I really strive to have commercial sounding shit that comes out of a place out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Where it's like, whoa, did you go to Capitol Records? No, I want some trailer. <laughs> and it's not just on how it's recorded or what's recorded, but there's like layering, there's tricks. There's, I mean, anybody can do it. If you just have a SM 57 and one of these little things here and even garage band, right? You can record a good sounding produced song just by having certain layers, use different instruments, playing the same thing. It, because I, most of the stuff I have is basically consumer grade. I don't, uh, I do love trying to get real analog stuff. Yeah. Like real Neve, real SSL, real 1176 compressors, not just the, the plugins. So what, just so, uh, I understand what you're talking about. What do you mean when you say SLs and, uh, brand names okay. of gear 
of actual hardware okay. that is used to capture the electrical impulses that are created by the music that you record. Okay, I gotcha. Like these microphones, they're picking up the sound pressure of the air pushing on the capsule, mm-hmm. and the capsule is creating an, an electrical pulse. Yeah. Because the capsule is on some sort of wire, and the wire is electrified, and when the capsule moves, it's generating the same vibration and the same pulses of the electrical signal. Mm-hmm. And the rest of all this bullshit is managing electricity. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then when it gets back to the speaker, you're basically reversing by putting the energy into the, elect- into the coil, and it repulses from the magnetic field, moving the cone, which is moving air and producing sound. So when you say you like analog stuff... That would be in reference to seeing more equipment that is mechanically driven. Correct. Than electronically Mechan- controlled. Uh, it is still, it's both. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mechanical knob that you turn mm-hmm. to adjust an EQ or some sort of uh, level where you're manipulating the electrical flow. Right. But once it gets into the computer machine, that's where the digital, it's all mm-hmm. ones and zeros. Right. You have your sample rate, so 44.1 sample at 16-bit. So you've mm-hmm. got 44,100 slices per second, and you have 16 slices that go up, and there's a dot, and that's what produces the sound wave. So like right there, you got the logic going. Right. you got the green thing going. You can see sound waves. Hello. And what it's doing is it's making these little fucking dots. And then when you reproduce it coming back into the analog realm, it's producing the electrical pulses of what it's reading, those ones and zeros. Cool. But with analog, what I like about it, because back in the day, that's what they used. Mm -hmm. And everybody seems to still use it. Like the big fucking producers in Nashville and Chicago and Austin and L.A., even in the the U.K., Mm -hmm. they still like to record in these consoles and have these tape machines because it has like this harmonic distortion that just sounds nice. Yeah. Now, the digital, it, it, it actually sounds better. It's mm-hmm. clean. It's kind of sterile. Yeah. So when you put a bunch of signals together that are clean, it, it sounds great, but just doesn't sound like what we're used to. And right. Maybe that's another thing of back in the 50s and 60s and that's how they that's all they had that's the technology it was tubes and then the trans the transistors recording through all this gear and the gear takes electricity and it gets hot and it adds a noise to the signal Mm -hmm. because again you're using electricity to keep this thing on right for your electrical pulses from your microphones to go through and it adds like a hum or adds like just that's real low but when you got 30 channels and you bring all those channels up, all well, that noise is accumulative. So mm-hmm. even though the noise might be minus 100 dB, but with 100 channels, it's gonna, you're going to fucking hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, there's ways of keeping that noise low by trying to get on the mic and get a good, strong signal. That way you keep it low. That way your compressors aren't working too hard. That way, because a compressor, you bring the highs down, and Mm -hmm. then you bring everything else up so it's a a more even 
sounding right uh, vocal sound. <clears throat> so the, I, I like a lot about what you're saying, and I think that there's a really noticeable difference, and I think that's one of the big appeals towards uh, vinyl records coming back. Right. Just about to say that. Yeah, because yeah. like it actually captures those physical vibrations and that mechanical structure into the record instead of just the ones and zeros that we have in a MP3 or on a CD or whatever. It has that actual physical capturing of a right the sound. needle is moving mm -hmm. it's moving through the grooves and then there's a thing that is picking up the vibrations of the needle and then turning into the sound yeah and like the the, R, the the rca logo of mm -hmm. the dog with its head cocked and it's got its head in the what's that thing called the xylophone the, or yeah the xylophone. the two the yeah. horn or whatever the horn thing yeah yeah because the horn is right down at the needle mm -hmm. and the needle vibrates and it that horn helps amplify the sound and the dog is like oh what is that sound yeah and i think that gets us a lot closer to actually being there in the room that mm -hmm. like repositioning or transposing those physical vibrations of the air moving and the sounds that are being created um, and capturing that actual physical, tangible thing right. and bringing us there into the room. Because like, like you said, there's a lot of other things going on right now that are added into the situation of the sound. It's not super clean and crispy like right. it's on an MP3. It's bouncing off all of these different walls in here and the vents and all the things that are going on um, compared to trying to just isolate that sound. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of analog. And the other thing is everyone's going to the digital realm because it's cheaper mm -hmm. and it's easier. Oh my gosh. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The, the price, um, the cost price or the, the price to get started is so much lower than right. it ever used to be to, to be able to do something like this. Right. It's great that everybody has the ability to record their stuff. Mm -hmm. The problem is it sucks that everybody has the ability yeah. to record their own stuff. Right. <laughs> right. I, I bet you a lot of people end up buying stuff like this and never use it though. Like, yes. Right. Like I go back to the podcast thing where people are like, Oh my God, I love podcasts. Let's host our own. Let's get together and start talking. And they do it for like five months and then they stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Short lifespan. But I have not stopped yet with the recording stuff. Yeah. That, that seems to be still going around. My problem is I can't say no. I yeah. keep saying yes or I'm like, oh, my God, I, I want you guys. I just uh, talked to some friends uh, last night. I was at Phil in the Rocks. Mm -hmm. And uh, a band that I haven't yet to see yet called Eden on Fire. Hmm. Uh, my friend Amy Schallenberger, she just joined their band. And they're playing tonight at Philly on the Rocks. So this I haven't been there at all yet. September 3rd. But what, Philly? Philly on the Rocks? Isn't that's, that on like West 16th Street? 18th and Chestnut. 18th and Chestnut. It's right in a bad area. Yeah, I feel like I was there before it was Philly on the Rocks. It used to be was it? Did it used to be Luigi's? Is that where that I think was? so? Yeah, there was another name I can't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah, I yeah. think I'd been there before, but never since it's been Philly on the Rocks. They got it, like horseshoe pits in the back and that cool little stage area and all yeah. that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the few venues in town that will kind of host some of these like punk rock mm -hmm. metal type of uh shows yeah we still have basement transmissions right uh the sandbar a few 
weeks ago had some sort of metal show, which I was surprised. Hmm. Sandbar really hasn't had many shows lately, hmm. like right before COVID. They right. would still have cover bands and stuff every week. I feel like the sound or the the music scene in Erie goes in waves. It probably goes in waves everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like every two years or so, we'll have a huge influx of big name acts coming in and everybody showing up and tons of concerts. And then we'll go through like a lull phase for a year or two okay. where you'll be like, oh, man, what? What happened to all these cool people that right. were coming around right. here, and where they go? Well, back to the consistencies thing. So you, let's say you have uh, Joe McGillicuddy. He wants to be this good singer guy, mm-hmm. and he records a song, and he's playing gigs every weekend, Fridays and Saturdays. It's on Celebrate Aries at Chafee's, and you see him around for like two years, and all of a sudden, hey, where's that Joe McGillicuddy yeah. guy? Right. Nope, oh. he's... Got a girlfriend, mm-hmm. got her pregnant, got a kid. Life happens. Right. You know, but like we were talking about before, we evolve. Sometimes priorities change. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Like right now, yeah, I'm all about music and I'm a tour. You meet, meet a girl, fall in love, have a family. Your priorities change because maybe now I want to be a father or now I want to have a kid. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, there's this job opportunity where I can right. make six figures and have right. a comfortable life. Big decisions, you know. Huge. And just, just any kind of relocation in general. You know, I know, yeah. I know some musicians who have just went to different parts of the country. Right. They're still playing, but they're just gone from here. Well, if uh, that's also a good decision to make if you do want to upgrade your ability to make it right um because how the fuck is anyone gonna make it here in your pa yeah by staying in erie it's hard yeah unless you're like a, a youtube expert or pro or something that's like, true right like uh what's the band called first to 11 first to 11 hell they're yeah. huge they they're are huge. from erie and a bunch of kids you know why they're huge they're good and they were consistent. They've right. been doing this shit for 10 years. They were little fucking kids. And with the help of Ryan Kryshak, another shout out to my man, uh, kind of kept them going. They would do bullshit gigs like car shows or right. some other fucking show that's raining. <laughs> but they've been doing it. And now all of a sudden they have traction. Right. And yes, they are good. That That's also another uh, a variable of you got to be consistent. You also have to be Good. Have a good product. Good product, yeah. yes. Whether it's good visually or it's good vocally, sound-wise. Whatever. But just is. be consistent. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're still putting out videos every week or they're doing something every week. Yeah. Yeah, those kids are awesome. They are cool, yes. Yeah, I remember them playing at the... Uh, I've worked up at the uh, casino for a long time. I remember them playing like on a, on a Sunday afternoon yeah. before the racing, you know, years ago. Yeah. And, you know, so you're right. Just, just any gig anywhere. Just right before they were first to eleven, they were called M4. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I just get in the in the music scene. So this was like 2015. They were doing a car show out in Fairview, and uh, I go and I'm watching these kids playing. You know, little girl singing, and then their last song that they always like to do was "Sweet Child of Mine." I'm like, holy shit. And they played it really good. And you can see the moms up there with their phones and they go like this, <laughs> yay. And, but they were pretty good. Yeah. And uh, they were been doing it for five years back then. And now here they are still being consistent and still doing, putting in the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, for them to be putting out different songs every week, learn the songs, practice the songs, right. and then go in the studio at rock school. 
tons of work. Yeah. And rock school is awesome, too. That's where uh, Elliot Tyler's son goes to yes. play drums as well. Um, and, oh, man. And that's good that uh, Tyler has his son going there. Right. Or just having him, like, get interested Practicing, in music. Yeah, going and doing stuff. But you're right. Originally, what you were saying, it is very difficult to to make it in a place like Erie as yes. far as like the music scene goes and to get traction and leaving here to go to Aria moved to Nashville, Nashville right? Yes. Yeah. To uh, try and continue to pursue that and exactly. open some doors and find more people that she can play with and do all the things that she wants to do. Because it, it's it's having the right person to see you mm -hmm. and also having the right person to have an interest in you of like, hey, you might have something here. Right. You, know, you have a look. You have a sound. Uh, which seems to be some of the more important things now is mm -hmm. like, do you look. look good? Right. And what can I present you to society and have people spend money on you? And, yeah. And eh, we can kind of make you sound good with Melodyne or some other right. pitch and correction. Get a, what's it called? Studio performers or studio musicians or yes. whatever to right. do whatever sound we need behind you. Right. And uh, make but, it. But to stay in Erie. Because there's no record labels in Erie. No one's fucking coming out to Erie to look for talent. Mm -hmm. They're either going to Austin or Chicago, uh, Nashville, LA, LA, New York City. New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the places that you should go to if you want to make something with yourself with music. Mm -hmm. Well, we still have a, a pretty good area. I don't know how the music scene is, but it is cool that we have these major metropolitan areas that people could play at that are not incredibly far from us, you know, like, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Cleveland. Buffalo, Cleveland. Yep. And there's tons of venues out Stuberville? there. Stuberville. <laughs> Stuberville. Yeah. That's a, the, the biggest of the big. <laughs> that's a, a movie reference. Oh, sorry. That thing you do. Stuberville. A, a, yeah. Early nineties movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fictional uh, band from Erie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? The wonders. The oh, 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 eaters. eaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that one. <laughs> I'm I, I must have missed you that. Gotta you that, gotta watch that, Tony yeah. C. We're talking about movies here. That's uh, a movie you gotta see. Gotta I gotta continue to consume more media. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm I'm ready. It's a it's a Tom Hanks movie. It's really good. Tom Hanks, really good, based out of old, old centenary PA, at least the start of it. I bet Celinda's probably seen it. She'll be mad at me when I get upstairs. I'm like, we gotta watch this movie, that thing you do, and She'll be like, oh, you've never seen that before? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, I guess Oh, she'll not. be cool. She'll be stoked to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, you'll cry at the end because it's so touching. I probably will. I'm <laughs> such a baby when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> Me too. Don't tell anybody. I'm so that. sensitive. Right. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. But uh, going to those places is so huge and a big, big part of it. Right. And uh, traveling around and getting out of here. But it's also such a such a huge adventure, a huge leap of faith. Oh and yeah! Really have to have like a strong level of belief in yourself and what you're doing to to make that big move to you know drop everything. Exactly. And you can't have anything holding you back either. No. Like you can't have. I mean, you could bring a relationship with you, but or a family with you, but that's a huge undertaking that not that stops affecting just your life. Right. It starts affecting. Yeah, I don't want to move right now. I want to wait six months to gather up some money. And, right. And then six months comes by. Well, I'm just not ready yet because holidays are coming up. And, right. 
and then holidays are over. Well, I still got this thing, you know, they need me at work or right. I got to do that. Well, my mom will miss me. My significant other got a new job or right. is making more money now. And that or... could be, that could be really complicated because if you do have a significant other, Will they be able to root up their lives to go with you? Because mm-hmm. long-distance relationships do not fucking work. Not, Let's be honest Not long-term anyway. Come on. No. Long-term, long-distance, come on. Yeah. You got to be together. Eventually, you have to be together. And you move yeah. into a, to a big city and... Uh, and you meet new people. And you meet new people. And they're and interesting and they're sexy and hi, all right. how are you? Oh and my the, God, I like what you what you do with that guitar. Right, of course, especially Come when on. you're a musician. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And if you're a guy, you don't hello. Even to, you don't even have to play the guitar. From what I understand, I could just probably hold one. Air guitar. Just hold yeah. a guitar <laughs> and look like I might play it at some point. Right. And <laughs> there you go. That's what my buddy Nick always told me. Like, oh, dude, you don't even need to learn how to play the guitar dude and you just just hold it for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and show you how like one chord to hold yeah there we go like some the sort g, of that's a happy chord right g major yes. yeah g major yeah that's the only one i need <laughs> that used to be my go-to that somebody be like oh you know how to play guitar right and i'd be like uh g major all day <laughs> like wow you're, you're a rock star tony <laughs> trying trying but yeah again the the key thing of this podcast, if anyone can learn, consistency. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, if you do have some good chops, people, you know, some people will notice and they'll tell their friends, hey, check out this person. Right. And if you're always playing out, people will come and see you. Absolutely. Same thing with the podcast. Oh my God, listen to this one podcast. It was pretty interesting. Listen to it. And here's another episode of this podcast. Let's listen, you know. After a couple of years, holy cow, I keep seeing this podcast pop up. Let's mm-hmm. give it a listen because it might be interesting because it's been around for three years. Right. Before and you I, know it, look at you. You're monetized and you got making a living off of it. And what, you, what are you doing? You're just fucking sitting talking. Yeah, yeah. It's a good gig. And I've enjoyed the whole process so far, you know, from learning how to work the studio stuff to yes. talking with different people and scheduling and lining stuff up. And uh, I feel like we're in a good market for like a local eerie podcast yes like i feel like there's not really a particular i read some i don't know if the eerie reader had something a year or two ago of like here's a list of some local eerie podcasts Mm -hmm. and i was like surprised how many like 30 or so a lot oh wow uh some i've never heard of or something seemed interesting uh there's one that i've been kind of listening to which is uh the history of eerie music oh that's cool like oh, back in the neat. 70s hmm. uh where the hell is this here give me a second to fucking find it sure i'll give a shout out to other local podcasts yeah absolutely yeah. just like that. with music we're a community right we, we, exactly. we want to help each other out no no only feast mentality no famine eerie music history podcast hmm. uh and they talk about the different music that was going on here in the 70s and before that yes Cool. Where's the fucking info about the damn fucking thing? <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I don't even know of really any other local eerie podcast. Actually, somebody suggested one to me about that I should check out or listen to about the local eerie politics and local eerie news. And I can't even remember what it is. I think my phone is hidden upstairs somewhere. I look it up and shout those guys out too. Yeah. Um, and sink swimmer fly. Um, which I guess was nominated by Erie Reader for Erie's podcast or whatever a while ago. But, right. Um, 
you know, it all depends on uh, what you're into, I guess, and what's available to you. Because I feel like there's so much, so much product out there in the world as far as, or so much content right. out there and available to us that people just haven't heard of and don't know is there. That, yeah. um, and like you were talking enjoy. about with the Facebooks, with the algorithms, because you're like on the Facebook, hey, everybody, check out my new podcast. Mm-hmm. You get two likes. Right. Uh, or it was like, hey, check out my puppy. Mm-hmm. 300 fucking likes. Right. You know? Now, if your puppy in its mouth had mm-hmm. a picture of the, of, your, of the podcast. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe Something we, like that. Maybe. I could get Austin holding, like, because we, we, I want to get us, uh, like, a logo or something right now. Right now, what we have is just a random scrapbook, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, space-looking yeah. thing. The little cosmic... Um, drop painting acrylic drop painting or whatever in the background that i just uh that spotify offered for me to use as a background and uh maybe once we actually do get like some cover art and do a picture of austin holding the cover art in his (laughs) mouth and maybe like put a little hat on him or something right and then bam we're famous right there that'd be perfect it's a good idea i think definitely a good way to thinking outside the box right that's how you that's how you grow being creative yes um yeah Anything else? No, I think that it's been a really fun conversation. It's been a pleasure having you down here. Oh, thank you, awesome. guys. Really yeah. It's been really fun to have just a nice, chill, laid-back conversation and uh, enjoy what we're doing. And we're super happy to have you on as a guest. And I was honored that when, because uh, I reached out to you, like, hey, man, you got your own uh, thing. I'm listening. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Somehow the algorithm reached you. <laughs> <laughs> I made it out there. I think, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I wish I could get inside Facebook and snoop around a little bit Maybe and figure out how like, it works they want you to pay like, for those pay. ads yeah yeah they really do dirty rot it's all bad. about money <laughs> uh, it's greedy uh, uh, this human nature of just wanting everything uh, all at once everything at once everything at once Maybe. oh what a good way to end the show yeah. perfect all right Full circle absolutely so thanks again brian for coming out here it's an honor thank would, you everybody yeah. for listening hopefully you guys thanks have again. me again if you get more than you know bunch of listens on this podcast maybe yeah absolutely oh, absolutely and maybe yeah, we can do awesome. it and uh have you on an am i the asshole episode or something like that i, think I would be, be super fun. fucking good on that because yeah. i'll fucking tell you why this person's an asshole or that's not an asshole <laughs> that's what we need because i have good. opinions good 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 we all need that when we, we all like playing contrarian to each other right. so yeah i'm not judgmental like people who wear Crocs out in public, it's okay. I judge them. I'll judge them for you, so don't yeah, worry. I, ju- <laughs> I judge the Croc people too. I'll give them enough hate for all of us. So, thank you, listeners. Unless you're a, a Croc person, then uh, this might not be. The they're podcast. okay too. Look, they're people too. We're all people. We're all. I guess we're all finding our way out in what? life. And so. le- unless they're wearing the charms on their Crocs, and then they're then, not. Then uh, yeah, <laughs> I, we don't know if we want you listening. Um, or maybe we can accept. Like, like a certain number of croc wearing charm people as in our audience but uh hello kitty crocs i think those would be okay acceptable yeah. spongebob applications are open yeah <laughs> yeah make sure you tell us about that stuff we need to know we're gonna mine that information anyway through uh secret methods so watch out Thank you to, uh, again, thanks again to all of our interplanetary guests, our international, across the state, tri-state area, all the guests out there, everybody that listens. uh, You guys are amazing, and thank you again. Thank you, everybody, and thank you guys. Peace. See you. Have a good night.